It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, we are in experimental mode. Uh, Sox Pop on the farm, it's number, oh, I don't know what it is, 42. Uh, with me is our miners expert slash workhorse. You, you decide which it really is. I'll say expert, but the truth is he's a workhorse for us. It's Darren Black. Uh, joining us, he has just done his first uh, Player of the Week, which was sort of, an, you know, let's face it, it was an easy assignment for Darren. Yeah. He really just had one team to uh, track because Charlotte pretty much has been in play while uh, the other three affiliates really now only, I think, at this point have four games or in are in process of having four games under their belt. And in fact, some mm-hmm. of them have just been like wading through ankle-deep water in the dugout. They haven't got to play their games. Uh, Dash maybe has played one game now maybe just their second tonight i know they have can washed out after washed out after washed out but um yeah welcome we are trying a little bit of different um format behind the scenes here so hopefully there won't be too many stops and starts hopefully darren you're not wasting your time hopefully this is recording and we'll be able to put it up as a podcast and on youtube uh if not hey <laughs> it was nice doing this practice run with you yeah, that no one will ever hear <laughs> so welcome <laughs> Yeah, great uh, right. to be here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> hey, this is the this is the debut of our, you know, whatever you want to call this. There's ti- there's titles on the screen here. <laughs> yeah. Are we the only ones that can see them though? <laughs> I don't know. That'll be another thing. Hey, can anyone All right, anyhow, at some point, listen, this is all part of our, our move uh, from the SBN um, platform to uh, to fans first sports network. Um, this is uh, something they're sort of opening up. To us, we're able to give you a better experience, including uh, what will be down the road. If there ever is an event really that is worthy of uh, live streaming, obviously we sort of missed uh, opening day and all that, um, but uh, we'll be able to do some um, live programming 
where we'll be able to interact with you who are viewing, all our dedicated viewers. I know we, we actually do have a pretty good amount of people subscribing on YouTube. That's pretty cool. Uh, we'll be able to do this maybe to Facebook, although I don't uh, myself. Sorry, Facebook. I don't really touch it, but I mean, we can still, still broadcast to it, and we probably will be doing that. Uh, so anyhow, with all that out of the way, it is Sox Popping on the Farm number 42. We're going to mostly be focusing on the Charlotte Knights because they have been in play. Uh, but also we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some, maybe some player assignments. I know there's, there's one I'm looking forward to discussing with Darren because, you know, I don't know, probably a little funny behind-the-scenes story there. But hey, Darren, as I try to do something fancy, let's talk about the Charlotte Knights and their opening week. Um, we're going to get to some specifics, but uh, generally, listen, they're, they're, uh, they're playing, and they're actually not playing badly. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> of course, on this podcast, we lose Darren's camera. <laughs> Anyhow, we'll just keep rolling. Darren is probably going to be trying to like light a match to get his uh, camera back on. He's back on to me. Who knows what anyone can see? I can see you now again, Darren. I love it. Uh, I got to tell you, I love the, the solar technology for the laptop, but it, it's not... You know, yeah. I don't sound like a certain former president, but right now it's like the wind's blowing and your TV's going off or the wind stopped blowing to your TV's going off. Um, but no, good to have you back. Always great to see you. And hey, listen, he's got the he's got the color code of the team coded hat. So let's not mess around. This guy is Knights true to the core. Uh, but listen, they're like, I think they're uh, better than 500. Um, you know, again, not that records matter, but I mean, listen, it's. This is not what we're used to with them, um, especially given the fact that they don't have the most killer personnel there, but uh, they've been playing all right. No, yeah. I mean, they set the bar as low as possible last year. <laughs> well <said>. So um, <laughs> really, it was only up. And that's pretty much what I said in the preview, that it literally couldn't be worse. There's no scenario it could be worse. Um and so far, uh, the pitching has looked good, especially the bullpen has looked good. And you've seen two guys from Charlotte, not even on the 40-man, already with the White Sox for various reasons. Um, and now we, we've Jake Berger is back up for an injury. Lenin Sosa is back up for an injury. So that depth that we were talking about is getting used a lot very quickly. Um, but it's all guys that, you know, in their very limited time of playing – in nine games or so um, did show like, Hey, might as well deserve a look. Uh, well, let's talk about the, uh, the big, uh, I guess the big news, it's bad news for the big club. It's good news for one particular player for Charlotte because Lenin Sosa has, uh, he got out gangbusters. Uh, you pointed out in your uh, weekly MVP, he was our weekly MVP, all the things he's doing right, including some not not just hard contact, but contact, uh, not um, striking out at a. I think essentially you said he's basically the double A Lenin Sosa, and uh, that's great to see, and that's why he's up with the big club. Yeah, he was shown good pop. Um, both homers weren't even in Charlotte, which is fantastic to see. It's the easiest place to hit homers. Um, he had more doubles uh, or more extra base hits than singles, more walks than singles. Uh, more walks and strikeouts, basically more everything than uh, anything bad. Um, I am dismayed that he's not in a starting lineup today. Maybe he got a really late flight, a really early flight today. So I'll be more mad if he's not in the starting lineup tomorrow. But um, yeah, he, he looks more like the double A guy. 
Yeah, the good news is that uh, Tony Larusa is no longer the manager, so the the chance yeah. of him duplicating his first stint with the White Sox, where he basically came off for what, probably roughly whatever, a week, ten days, and yeah, pretty much sat and watched, is probably probably not going to happen. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. he. I mean, he is the better defensive option over Romy Gonzalez at second. So I do think if they are gonna go with Jake Berger at third for the time being, then. Might as well have a pretty sure-handed middle infield with Elvis Andrus and Lenin Sosa. I would prefer that. Um, and it would just get more uh, Lenin more time at second, where he will probably eventually be the everyday guy um, if we're all kind of looking at Elvis Andrus and him more looking like the Oakland guy than the White Sox guy. Yeah. But that's that's about a different minor league team out in Oakland. We can talk about the Charlotte Knights. Yeah. Uh, given the um, given the circumstances of uh, injuries, and of course the White Sox. I mean, I know this is the, the minors podcast, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about the White Sox too, because this connects to Charlotte, and you know what is increasingly. I mean, we we call it like a four A, you know, league is four A team, but there are legitimate prospects, and with you know presumably Jose Rodriguez uh, advancing sometime soon. I mean, it, it's starting to get stocked with probably a, you know at least a couple three real blue chips for the team, uh, as it should be, maybe more, but, you know, at, at least we got that. Uh, if the big club, really even extending to catching, and, of course, pitching is always so tricky, but at least in terms of, like, a position area, uh, I don't know, catching, outfield, uh, middle infield in particular, I mean, this is an area where the White Sox do seem at least a little fortified to weather what was going to be the inevitable hit where, you know, Tim Anderson is playing 120 games this year, and maybe Andrews, you know, gets hurt for a while. Mancada, of course, is, you know, he's, he's not going to get there. But, you know, middle infield's away, Sosa being primary. But, there, you know, there's even depth potentially beyond that where, I mean, this might be the one area. I don't think you want to call it of strength quite yet, but, I mean, at least of plausible names. Yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't say they have an, any area of strength in terms of depth. Um, you, you could – Maybe the bullpen is the most like that, but even then there are issues that you can just see. They've brought up two guys already, so and one of them was for poor performance. Um, but, yeah, in terms of middle infield, I mean, the best thing about it is they actually do. Lenin Sosa and Jose Rodriguez can actually play both second and short. It's not this thing we saw last year where they had guys in the outfield. Uh, Jose Rodriguez took a big step defensively last year. I'm not going to really parse anything in the – three games he played this year. Yeah. Um, and Lenin Sosa has been a pretty sure-handed uh, defensive shortstop since he um, came over stateside. That's kind of been his, oh, he's got a better glove. Let's wait for the bat. Um, that bat has seemed to cut up. Um, and then after that, I mean, then we're getting into more prospecty territory. Uh, we're not really expecting to see Colson Montgomery in the majors this year. Right. Um, guys like that. Um, your guy Lloyd El Chapelli starting at the same level, it seems like Colson Montgomery. We're probably not going to see him in the majors this year. Um, but at least for the two guys that are up pretty high, both top, I would think top five prospects, um, they're guys that can actually field, play the positions, have bats that you can get a little bit of excited about. Um, so if we're putting anything as a strength, on the offensive side, it's certainly second slash short, where they do have some guys that you're like, okay, I'm fine if they're up. Yeah. Aaron Black taking over hosting duties by previewing the second half of our show, where we will delightfully discuss Lloydell <laughs> Cipelli 
Jr., but we are still in Charlotte. We're stuck in Charlotte, but let's focus on Lenin a, a little bit more here. I mean, of course, extremely small sample size, but um, okay, plausibly, if he's the hitter or even close, not, not even saying at the major league level, but let's say even at AAA, he's, he's, he, let's say he's now the hitter he was in AA, which means he could still make the jump and be that hitter, I suppose, in the majors as well. But I mean, what are the what are the key things that you saw early in that first week with Charlotte? It got him the call up. Or what are the things you want to see for the full year, wherever he's playing, that would really show that step forward for him that he wasn't doing maybe once he got to Charlotte or or in the majors last year? Yeah. So I think pretty much I think anybody that was watching the Sox last year and might have caught his first game, you could tell he was just extremely overwhelmed. He couldn't catch up to any high fastball. He was chasing everything that was low and away, um, or really high, high and away, high and inside. He was chasing everything. He struck out a third of the time. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, and he did look more comfortable at the plate uh, once he went back down to Charlotte and in these first uh, nine games he had uh, there at Well this year. So what I'm looking for is just a more deliberate approach. You know, I don't expect him to have more walks than strikeouts in the majors. Um, that'd be awesome, but that's not yeah. that's not what's going to happen. Hey, we get the rookie uh, of the he's year, not Darren. Miguel Vargas or anything. Right. Um, but yeah, just kind of seeing that, I want to see him to pull the ball a decent amount, not sh- not be late, and kind of just squeak through on the other way, even if it is a hit. Um, but you know, showing more authority just in the batter's box in general. Um, you know. This is he doesn't have the learning curve of the pitch clock. It's been around for a couple of years. He he's not coming into something like to, totally different than when he's not used to than a lot of these other guys that started um, that have been in the majors previously and coming into this year. So he's used to that. But so actually getting there, looking comfortable, looking like an MLB player, um, and you we can see that probably in the first game. We might not see any results, but if he looks confident up there, then I'll be you know, excited for his prospects going forward. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, I, Darren, was lucky enough to get to do a minor league update already this year, and it should have <laughs> been a full affiliate one, but this was one where the Dash had a doubleheader rained out, and I believe <laughs> Canapolis was also rained out. I, you know, in other words, North I only had Carolina. a couple of games to write on, and so of course because. Who wants to just cheap out and hardly do any work for the dedicated readers of the uh, White Sox minor league update every night? I decided to dig in because I picked out, uh, picked on the Charlotte rotation so badly in our staff discussions and in talking with you on this podcast. I decided to revisit uh, how things looked last year because my estimate, the number I've been carrying around and, and trashing the White Sox and Rick Hahn about, uh, even into this year was that two-thirds of the starts last year for Charlotte were by guys who weren't starters, which sounds horrifying. It is horrifying. That's undeniable. Now, when I dug down and, you know, I'm not going to link it. You can find it or I'll link it, whatever. We'll see how much time I have <laughs> when I'm not juggling little titles for our cute little podcast here, uh, that it turned out it was more realistically, more fairly. I mean, not that any of these starters are necessarily like, you know, <laughs> great and future stars, but in terms of just pure who you would consider star, the actual number was really more like a third. A third of the starts yeah, last such year, a low which number. still isn't great. But, I mean, it's not as horrifying as, you know, two-thirds. But at any rate, here's the setup. Uh, get to it, Brett. Here's the setup, and that is that at, at the moment I did uh, my, my write-up on Saturday, 
the though the average um, length of start was very you know it's early season anyway and you've got guys like Jonathan Stever who I guess is still a starter but he's obviously going to work slowly into it a couple mm-hmm. guys got kicked around too I think there was a 17 to nothing game uh, that very night uh, so I mean the average innings per start wasn't great but pretty much at that point I think it was eight games uh, at that juncture uh, all eight had been actually guys you could call legitimate starters so we've gone from now um, 67% last year to 100. We know that's not going to, you know, that's not going to hold, and nor should it. I'm not holding the White Sox to that standard, although it'd be delicious. I imagine Tampa finds a way to get real starters <laughs> starting all the AAA games, but I know we talked about this last podcast. We can't be Tampa. I got it. But um, I mean, that is a good development, including guys they just sort of like guys new to the system, like Sanchez, uh, even Schulten's, you know, now he's with the Sox. But I mean, Whatever the mix is, they got guys who are at least technically or theoretically or could be starters. And that doesn't even include Tanner Banks, who has seemingly been playing like a co-starter role. But he hasn't actually, I don't think, really been started. He hasn't started every appearance uh, he has this year. Now he's hurt. But, uh, I mean, that is that's that is some sort of promising turn. Is it not, Darren? Do we have something positive to talk about with Charlotte on the, on the rotation side? Yeah. I, I mean, they wouldn't be, uh, you know, over 500 with uh, a bad pitching staff at this point. Um, Davis Martin has uh, went five innings, both starts. That's what he should be doing. And he should be the guy getting the most innings anyway, because that's probably what he's going to do when he's called up to get a lot of innings when unnecessary. Um, Jesse Sultans did get a start in there. Now he's not going to be there, but it looks like Ricardo Sanchez took his spot. And he's kind of a, one of those tweeners we've talked about before, like Jesse Schultens is a tweener with the, um, that you can see move to the bullpen pretty easily and kind of uh, go back and forth between there. Um, but Nate, Nate Fisher has been right there. Like also with production, Nate Fisher has been right there. Um, and then probably after those three, you're getting to like the Stevers. Like, I don't know when he's going to go five innings this year. I don't know if he's ever going to go five innings in the start this year. But you, I think he got through the 40-man roster. He was DFA'd. So maybe kind of obvious why you would DFA a guy that you're not thinking is going to start um, and uh, you're not thinking is going to provide much value in the bullpen. But he should probably start every fifth, sixth day. He'll get two or three innings maybe through the end of April. Then maybe three, four, and then maybe four, 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 four. Just kind of see where he gets, and then probably be shut down late in the year when they call up of those Birmingham guys once the college guys start going through the system. Um, but that is a bit down the road. But you are getting a sense that there is an actual starting rotation. I think that seventeen and nothing game was the AJ Alexi game. I remember because he walked seven guys and got four <laughs> outs. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, now, we've seen with the White Sox that some of these guys just have just, you know, really awful days. Yeah. Their version is homers. Uh, AJ Alexi's version is not finding the plates whatsoever. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes because he is on the 40 man and we do expect him to get some innings. Um, but. Hopefully he kind of settles down there and it's not one of those, oh, the White Sox got another, you know, starter with control issues. Um, But I I think I think I'd be pleasantly surprised that people are actually looking like they're like supposed to be doing the job they're doing. Yeah. 
let's let me and let me spoon feed let me set this one up for you let me put it right in a platter for you darren because you're a guy who is i'm not going to say you're a davis martin champion but i think you stick up for him in a way that you know folks might be a little more quickly to dismiss and while he hasn't necessarily been gangbusters he's his first two starts were both five innings he's doing what he needs to do to prove that he really is the viable oh we'll say sixth but i mean realistically third fourth fifth starter on this team because we just know that's the next house of cards to fall on this outside sorry fans uh but i mean you know he's a guy who's you know proven at least what you know maybe with sean burke breathing down his neck or whatever or christian mania uh i mean he's proven that he could certainly be what he was last year for the white Sox at, at the minimum yeah, yeah. uh and i'm not gonna make huge pronunciations of two starts um Right. If we remember last year with Johnny Cueto, I, he was actually pretty awful in Charlotte. Just, but that's just kind of how sometimes Charlotte goes, uh, especially in small sample sizes, because you can get in a lot of trouble if you walk some guys and then boom, it's a homer. That's you know like eighty mile an hour exit velo because it's Charlotte, something like that, which was Cueto's issue in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, so. Basically, what he's been doing is what he's been doing his whole minor league career. I, maybe he would have liked to strike out, strike out a couple more people and walk a couple less. But it's he started a game in. Oh no, he didn't start in March. So he has two starts in April. Um, I'm not going to be really like, oh, it, time to pump the brakes on Davis Martin because you know he didn't strike out a guy per nine, something like that. Um, but he's a guy you're going to see. He has got a great slider um, and a fastball that doesn't really play well. Um, but when he gets ahead in the strike zone or strike zone or the or the count and uses the slider to the great effect against righties, that's his sweet spot. Um, just if he's going up against a lefty heavy lineup, then bet bet the over on the other team. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davis, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and you know, let's stick with. Um... Let's stick with pitching because it's something that you brought out in, uh, you know, again, your weekly, and that is, uh, you know, the pen. I mean, by nature, all pens at every level, you know, can be in flux. You want to have your major league team just have your like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy, whatever. But, you know, it rarely works that way, too. Uh, fifth, boy, that's a bad rotation if you're starting the fifth there. And what am I saying? But uh, uh, Lane Ramsey's <laughs> a guy who... Um, you could tell the um, the team had put a little priority on uh, last year even in getting um, the Arizona Fall League assignment. He gets the assignment to, I think he got some opportunities in spring training, uh, I don't recall exactly, but uh, clearly went to Charlotte as sort of going in, having the late guy role, if not the only or, or even main, he's definitely getting the opportunities and he seems like he's making the best of them. And this is promise that we've sort of like been crossing our fingers on. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's a big body. He's a guy who clearly has... He seemingly had the potential to be able to contribute at a major league level, and now, as close as he is to it, it looks like you know that might actually be able to come to fruition. Yeah, um, I always I've said this on many a podcast. I always take a look at any reliever if they're getting late inning looks, then that means the White Sox organization, Chris Getz, uh, whomever else is uh, kind of in that pitching infrastructure. Um, that they are looking at that guy and saying that could that guy can be in a major league bullpen. Doesn't mean they're going to actually end up being in uh, like a late inning option once they get there. But if they're getting the more important innings out of anybody else, then odds are that they're, you're going to see them on the south side at some point. Um, Kenyon Middleton and uh, Lane Ramsey were basically being the eighth and ninth inning guys to start this kind of first-ish week. 
Um, and Middleton probably got the call because he has previous uh, major league experience. Um, but if you're looking at someone else, this would be the third time that they go off the 40 man. Uh, in, if if uh, they do yeah. go to Lane Ramsey, which is, it's, it's a lot this early. It's April 11th. Um, he, he is a guy to watch out for. Um, again, his issue is just control. Uh, that's still the issue in his very limited time, his four games. He's still walking too many guys. Um, but it is slightly improved on what it is last season, which is two thumbs up. Because uh, he had another uh, injury plagued year last year um, after what was a pretty decent look in 2021. Um, so just kind of hoping he's more of that 21 guy um, and someone that you can actually see in the majors. Or if I don't know if it's kind of a doomsday bullpen scenario if you see him in the majors. Um, I might have said that if Jesse Schultons was in the bullpen, I would have said that was a doomsday. But they do seem to be using uh, their bullpen arms more liberally, which is also a two thumbs up thing. That's what you should be doing. Um, if you should be doing that, if you need to find some innings from some guys and might as well, in Schulten's case, grab guys that can go more than one. Um, Lane Ransby, I don't think can really go more than one right now. I think he's might be a one and done because he is still coming off of an injured year. Um, so maybe he just needs some more time there. And then, you know, once they get all of the use of Jesse Schulten that you possibly can, uh, with uh, with uh, guys not really going deep in games right now, then they can start going for the bigger buck guys, the guys that can get that one out that you necessarily need in the sixth if you don't want to go to your main guys. Um, and anybody outside the 40-man, I think that's Lane Ramsey at this point. I mean, we've been sort of rooting for him. I know he's had some stops and starts. He's certainly not been the most off-injured or or the, the most start and stop among a number of uh, late in the arms. All seem like they were on more of a fast track to Chicago. We, we shouldn't even name them, A, because it calls them out as being hurt, but also because, you know, there, there's quite a number of them. So uh, it's good to see one get to Charlotte actually be, you know, one week, 10 days in, um, uh, doing pretty well, acquitting himself pretty well in the position. All right, Darren. Let's take a break. Uh, let me get this title off of here. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is probably at the halfway point, probably well into it, because we're going to probably just sweep up with a little bit of uh, other affiliate uh, chatter. Uh, who knows? Maybe you got like 20 names for me. So who knows? Maybe, th maybe this is not even close to the halfway point. But uh, uh, either way, we'll be back in a minute or so uh, to talk more. White Sox affiliates on Sox Pop on the farm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini, lucky enough. It says host under my name. I guess that means I'm hosting. You know, when you're the host, that means it's your job to find somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. So the podcast can be filled with great information. And guess what? For the 42nd time approximately, oh, maybe you missed one or two. I think I had a Julie Brady one once or whatever. Okay, for the 40-odd time, Darren Black is the expert I've chosen to uh, educate me and to help inform you, the uh, listenership and viewership. And if you are viewing, by the way, uh, I'm, we're on a, like a new platform. I don't even, I don't know where to, uh, as a good host, I always try to like look into the camera. I don't know where I'm looking anymore. I think it's changed now. So if you see me looking over Darren's head, staring at his, um, Charlotte, uh, his, his very, very uh, dapper Charlotte Knights cap. Although I don't know if it's in really true Charlotte colors anymore. I don't see any teal in there. So I, like, Hey, Charlotte, come on, Darren, he's up in you know, Chicago land area. Come on. Um, uh, if, if, if I look like I have a problem, it look, if it looks like I'm, you know, my, my prescriptions are off or something, I, I apologize. I'll figure out where I should be looking for these to be a, a better host for you. Because after all, looking, in, looking straight into the camera and being engaging is really the only purpose I serve on any of these podcasts. So I want to at least be able to do that job, Darren, and I'm afraid I'm not doing it too well. Uh, however, uh, let's talk now about some other affiliates, and let's just start with a fun little anecdote, and that is uh as always darren you have the unenviable task of writing because we want to get timely previews out to our Southside Sox readership and Sox populi listenership uh and we want to get stuff out in advance of games beginning now of course first of all my bad mia culpa i didn't even have the correct opening day for the other three affiliates for some reason i looked up that it was fri uh, that it was friday and it turns out it was last thursday so that was a whole mess anyhow but anyway we got all our stuff out but I mean, it's always a challenge for you and you always joke about it because it's like the White Sox don't, I guess, nor should they. They don't owe us anything. You know, they're trying to make their decisions, but they don't really get rosters out until like, you know, the morning of the game or, you know, the first game or whatever. So it makes a challenge for somebody like you who's trying to like, you know, put together a good uh, preview for uh, our readers. And so as we were seeing, or as I was seeing at least on Twitter or whatever, rosters being announced, you know, I think I sent you, you know, because we had speculated I was, I guess I was the crazy dreamer saying, hey, White Sox, challenging the White Sox, send Lloyd L. Ciappelli Jr. to Canapolis. Come on, let's give this guy a challenge. And I think, uh, you know, we were both of a feeling of like, well, it probably isn't going to, it doesn't seem like it's going to be, I haven't heard any news. So it seemed like he was going to be starting in Arizona. Um, and you know, I think when I saw the Canapolis roster first, I, I sent you a message that said like, oh, yeah, man, they, you know, they chickened out or whatever. I can't believe he's, you know, whatever, whatever I said. And then, of course, <laughs> it turns out that I see the Dash roster where Lloyd Dell is uh, put with, I mean, you could call it aggressive, but based on age and I guess technically performance, it, it maybe isn't. But um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, it was a surprise. I think we just set our expectations low. But uh, what do you think about it now? I believe he homered tonight. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, he does seem like he's, you know, <laughs> he seems solid so far at high A, but uh, you know, what do you think about that? And maybe what does it signal in terms of maybe how the White Sox see Lloydell? Yeah, uh, I mean, I just kind of assumed once you come from the DSL, you will probably go to the ACL uh, and then maybe even Canapolis. I thought Canapolis was in play for Lloydell Ciappelli. I did not think at all that he'd be with the Winston-Salem Dash. And like you said, it does make sense with age. Um, but again, you're coming from the DSL. It's, you know, I'm not really sure what kind of level to term it as. I don't want to say it's high school, but it's, you know, probably, you know, 
Missouri Valley Conference baseball, something like that. Yeah, and I mean it's high school um, age. I mean it's only fair. Yeah, I mean like, you're not dissing it to say you guys are high school age. Better of the better of the crop, but it's still you know, 16, 17 year olds yeah. going against <laughs> um, Lloyd Del Chapelli, who seems like a grown man compared to the sixteen and seventeen year olds. Um, so that's why he's going to the dash, I guess. Um, but thankfully, now that he is there, you can kind of we can. By the end of April, we'll probably be getting a better read of what type of player he is. Um, I I, can't, I don't need to remind everybody from the DSL days of Benjamin Bailey of him yeah. becoming a top seven White Sox prospect and now being released. So I really just kind of hear, uh, you know, like Christian Mania, for example, didn't do on the DSL, but he was like he has an advanced changeup and he his curve looks kind of good, but he needs to add velo to his fastball. You take note of that, don't really care about the stats, and then here he is in double A, and he's like, oh, he's actually, well, cool. Everything that we read back then was actually cool. Worked out. That 17-year-old scouting report uh, yeah. played up a bit. Um, so I'll, I I mean, I, I really like it. Um, I, I know, I think you said they're giving him the Luis Robert treatment. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Because uh, that's true, he is. He's getting the Luis Robert treatment. Tens of millions of dollars less, but he's right sure. there at the start. <laughs> it's a different era, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did think it was more interesting that he's at second. That's, again, uh, kind of we talked about earlier with Lenin Sosa and Jose Rodriguez. That is a position that if you look at from just the major leagues, you're like, oh, we need a second baseman. We need them. Um, but if you're looking from kind of a prospect uh, central time, uh, or this time, then you're kind of looking like, oh, there's, you know, Lenny ahead of him. There's Jose Rodriguez ahead of him. Uh, Colson Montgomery, are we sure he's going to work at the left side? Does he need to go on the right? Um, I, but and I digress on that point. But it does seem like uh, before at the start of the seasons, you had a guy at second or in that middle infield. You're like, okay, there's one guy at each of these levels that you're like kind of excited about uh, to varying degrees. Um, so I, I think that's very interesting. He's at second, uh, and then we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Because if we remember Romy Gonzalez, he played everywhere in the minors, um, and he's still doing that. So I don't know if they view him kind of the same way and just want to make him comfortable in his first time stateside and then kind of start moving him around and see what he can do. Um, but pleasantly surprised that they're actually being aggressive on a guy that um, did well in the DSL for uh, being a now. Quite a few yeah. uh, years older than league average. Uh, yeah, forget my my. That's a bad comp, Luis Robert Jr. Let's just put him <laughs> on the Oscar Colas track. Okay, so he didn't oh, yeah, play professionally better. in Japan, but he got the assignment to Winston Salem, and then he, he he started chomping at the bit. He started getting ticked that he was being like kept down at Winston Salem, and then once the White Sox were like, "Okay, you're 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 crying about it. You're you're." You know, you're being a jerk about, well, okay, let's not overstate it. But I, he was definitely getting frustrated with the fact that he was still at the dash. He had mid-advance, more cooking because he was doing well uh, and playing yeah. center field. Um, and then took off. And now he's, you know, he's on the roster and he does seem like, you know, in theory, he does seem like a guy uh, who could stick. Not too, too many hiccups, I, I think, yet. So, okay, let's put, let's put, you know. My, my my Cuban brother, let's put him on the Colas track and maybe, you know, who knows, next year we see him on the south side. I mean, the White Sox will have the opportunity at second base. Clearly, Elvis Andrus is not, he might not even be the 2023 long-term, um, you know, guy. 
Uh, and, you know, I mean, you, you hate to talk this way, uh, but I mean, you know, you know, Tim, Tim Anderson may not, let's just say right now, he may not be here forever um, or even beyond, you know, another year. Uh, and, you know, the White Sox do have a real talent um, uh, a bunch in the middle infield. Uh, we, we, you know, we've, we've listed off, we're talking about four guys who are all, you know, middle infielder core guys. I mean, Lloyd Dell, I mean, obviously having to be rounded up into guys who are basically triple A, you know, ish, double A, triple A level. But, you know, I mean, that's a good core to have because you can always slide somebody to third. Um, I know Loydell has outfield, you know, back. So who knows? Hey, you remember Tim Anderson was supposed to be was it wasn't he supposed to be a center fielder <laughs> yeah. or something because he was having so many. He was having fielding problems, I guess. You know, he did have a fielding problem that got him injured uh, just yeah. uh, yesterday, but of course, or uh, sorry, uh, Monday. But uh, that actually was not in any way his fault. It's the fault of the clown car, the yakety sacks, the White Sox defense. Still, um, I guess he's a little bit improved. This year, Darren. Okay, let's take this title down. Let's just go down to, uh, hey, let's talk about other assignments. Uh, is there anything else that jumped out to you in terms of, I mean, nothing as big a surprise as as Chappelle uh, Jr.'s assignment, but uh, anything else that seemed uh, odd or a clump of, uh, of players that was, seemed intriguing or did everything else sort of um, um, play as anticipated? Yeah, uh, I mean, just I love early season stats. So I love the fact that Luis Maesis is hitting 636 right now in three games. It's a very fun stat. Um, and we talked about Christian Mania um, earlier um, uh, looking pretty good. Uh, but Matt Thompson also looked equally yeah. as good. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed that maybe something kind of clicked here. Um, but really other than that, I don't want to, like the dash have played one game. Canapolis have played two. The rest of the guys got Easter off. Nobody else got Easter off. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> they really haven't played. So, but just yeah. notable that from the pitching examples in double a, um, Matthew Thompson and Christian mania struck out a lot of guys, which yeah. it's all you can ask for. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, in my, I had the uh, Mania game where uh, I think he gave up three or four earned, uh, but yeah, he K'd, yeah. I want to say nine of, of his 12 outs were K's. Mm -hmm. If uh, you don't want to be giving up runs, but if you're giving up runs, but you're also, you're, you're keeping your control and you are punching guys out, I mean, that doesn't maybe even cancel out, but, but that's a good thing along with maybe not so, so good a thing. You'd rather have that than four earned and two strikeouts. I mean, that's yeah, still something very and promising. if I am remembering that, he did the runs he did allow. I think one of them was a two-run homer, and that is something that, you know, each of these guys do need to cut down on. But they were walking, you know, getting a little wild. Um, like, just looking at Manias, he actually did have a balk, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, but, like, it's, I think, four innings for both of them. So I'm not going to... We've talked about in the preview podcast with Matthew, Matthew Thompson that he will do this. He will look, oh, there he's got it. And then he'll have an AJ Alexi game and walk seven and leave before the end of the second. So once we do our April monthly, maybe he has a good month. I don't know. And then we can get all back on that train. But I'm not going to cross my fingers yet. Darren, we're doing a podcast, a weekly podcast on the minors. We've got to overhype and get super excited and just get unrealistic about these guys. No, of course, we don't want anybody to fail. So, yeah, you do want to project like, okay, this is this is what I see. I mean, whether he's like one of your guys or not, you still want to see all these guys. I don't think there's any 
White Sox prospect yeah. among our top 100 or all whatever 250 or more in the organization. We're like, oh man, I want that guy to just flame out. He's what a boy. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. terrible. You know, oh man, I hate that guy. But I mean, you know, of course, it's natural. Be like, okay, this is what we. This is what we. You know, uh, Matt, Matt Thompson was projected as this. This was this was reminiscent of his best game. Oh, now he's got it. You know, I see it. And you know, of course, I don't want to feel that way. But yes, you are. You know, unlike me, gonna you know get a little bit excitable. And lose my mind when Lloydell Trapelli Jr. is uh, assigned to uh, the dash, yeah. and I send you messages with a lot Three of uh, hits exclamation and two games points and, a homer. and a lot of cussing. But um, you know, of course, yeah, we, we you're, you're preaching calm, and that makes sense. And you know, in a week we'll have a little a little bit more uh, data go off of uh, one more start for all these guys, unless of course um, North Carolina ends up just underwater and they just never play another game again. But uh, you know. I guess we'll see how all that works. A lot, of, a lot of rain we've been weathering here, I guess. But uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. We miss anything else? Or should we wrap up our little experimental Brett doesn't know where to look and Darren just sitting back cool with the Charlotte Knights cap edition of this <laughs> podcast? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, if we really want to go through all 27 outs of that one dash game they played, I think we <laughs> That'll be next week when they don't play another game. So then at that point, we'll have to drill down enough to say, okay, let's really get into it because we're going to have to extrapolate a whole season's worth of stats from just that one game. Uh, yeah. Or congratulations, yeah. Luis May. He says you, uh, you have the highest organizational batting average in White Sox history at 636. Well <laughs> yeah, done. He'll keep Even that going. a double or two. Uh, okay, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, hopefully, you know, this actually recorded, Darren. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, put it up. But, uh, you know, hey, listen. It says otherwise, live, and there's a ticker. It I think does it say live. <laughs> you know, it's not live, but it does say live. Yes, so, it doesn't I mean, this, say recording. This, this is so exciting. Well, it is recording. So, uh, you know, listen. Hey, let's let's talk more about the inner workings of this and people. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah, you can shut it off anytime, folks. But uh, anyhow, uh, we, yeah, we'll do this again. In a week or so, we'll have another. We'll have another MVP under the belt. It won't be. I think it's safe to say it will not be Lenin Sosa because he will be on the White Sox. Who knows? Maybe he'll be the White Sox MVP, and Mitch Ransdell will be uh, drawing a sketch of him and then talking about uh, uh, the the great excitement we're all feeling about having Sosa on the team and uh, you know, you know, Tim who Ellis who whatever. But um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll have another MVP to talk about. We'll have actual probably gameplay, some actual you know meat there. To, to discuss a little bit more and who knows i guess maybe we'll end up going uh, longer than no geez 40 minutes how do we do that darren uh, again hopefully you recorded yeah, hopefully you're able to listen to it hopefully you enjoyed it uh darren let's uh do it again in a week yep i'll be here for 43 okay that's <laughs> true you you were like aced out of like one or two of them so you can never <laughs> miss again you got to be there with me all right we're pushing toward 50 i'm going to try to end this recording but thanks everybody for listening on the fans first sports network and socks Populi. Okay.